Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live with me, Shields. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I'm going to give everyone a minute to hop on, grab their tea, get cozy. Today, we are going to be talking all about embodied and trauma-informed manifestation. I'm so excited for this topic. It has been a topic that has been on my heart the past week with both personal experiences as well as my clients and something I've been thinking a lot about that I want to talk to you all about today. So as always, I love to start morning tea with a little grounding. So wherever you are, if you can take a minute to sit up, get comfy, roll your shoulders back, put your hands on your heart, close your eyes, and just take a deep breath in. And a breath out. Just noticing what's happening in your body right now. Noticing any sounds or distractions in your environment. Noticing any thoughts coming up. And just imagine placing each thought on a cloud in the sky, watching it float away, knowing you can always come back to it if you need to, and then returning your focus to your breath. And then noticing any body sensations, any areas of tension or tightness, any emotions, any resistance. Just noticing anything at all, and then returning your focus to your breath. Just noticing what it feels like to slow down, to be in this present moment, to be in your body. And let's take a few deep breaths together. So starting with the first, inhaling all the way in, filling your belly with air, sending the breath through your chest to the crown of your head. Holding the breath at the top and slowly release. And again, breathing all the way in. Holding at the top and release. And one more. And when you're ready, you can slowly start to take any small organic movement just to gently wake the body up. Maybe some neck rolls or some side stretches. Oh, whatever your body is needing. All right. How did that feel for everyone? Oh, feels so good to breathe. We forget about the simplest gifts in life, like being able to breathe. Okay, so embodied and trauma-informed manifestation. So I am someone that has done a lot of 
courses on manifestation for those that have been following me for a while, Amanda Francis is one of my idols and my mentors, and she is all about manifestation, manifesting money, manifesting a dream partner. Just she's a manifestation queen. And whenever I've done programs like her program or the manifestation babe or any other type of manifestation program, I do all the things that they say to do. (laughs) And then nothing really is happening. So I'm like, Hmm, what am I doing wrong? And if you're listening to this, I imagine that you also maybe have experienced struggles with manifestation where you're doing all the things you're told to do. Like imagine the thing already being here and happening, imagining how it feels in your body sitting with that high vibration emotion, visualizing, saying the things out loud, all the manifestation tools that we have been taught. And if you're like me, you know, all those things, you do all those things. And yet sometimes the thing is not able to manifest. So why might that be? This is where trauma informed manifestation comes in because we all have trauma and it shows up differently for each of us. So For some people, it does not affect their ability to manifest oodles and oodles of money or success or dream partners or friends or opportunities. And maybe it shows up in other ways, like how they're actually feeling in the day-to-day because we know a lot of very, very wealthy people who still are running around with their inner child being activated with dysregulated nervous system. So the amount of money or success or how your life appears to be on the outside does not determine how you're actually feeling internally. And it's not that we ever have to choose one or the other. Oh, I want to be wealthy and successful, or I want to feel good in my body, which I think a lot of people fall into that trap in their mind. Is this like either or all or nothing thinking where it's like, well, you know, I, I can't have it all. And it's like, but you can. And the point is that none of those things externally outside of yourself are actually going to save you from feeling how you're feeling internally. But the beautiful part is that if we combine manifestation with processing trauma, we get to actually manifest our dream life while feeling how we want to feel in it without it, without our trauma sneaking in and showing up sideways in different ways that we're not even aware of. So. I'm going to share a little bit about my manifestation experience before and after this trauma healing journey, before starting this deep nervous system healing work on myself, I was able to manifest a lot of things. So when I was living in New York, I was doing this fitness program with, um, a contestant from the bachelor show. Uh, her name is Crystal Nielsen. Shout out to her. And I was doing her fitness program and she had us do a power hour every morning where we did dream journaling. So we would write out in our journal, every single dream that we wanted to come true. And every morning in Long Island, when I was living in my step-grandmother's house, I would write in this sparkly gold journal that I got from Francesca's. And it was like my favorite, it's my favorite journal I've ever had. I've not been able to find it again, which I'm very sad about. And I would write, I am grateful for passing my law and ethics exam, finding a beautiful one bedroom apartment in San Diego, finding clarity around my relationship that I was in at the time, 
Um, what else? What else? Those were kind of the top things that I was manifesting. It was my move from New York to San Diego and what I needed to do to make that happen. So in order to be able to work as a therapist in San Diego, I needed to pass the law and ethics exam for my associate clinical social worker registration. And then I also needed to find a place to live. And then I also needed clarity around my relationship because it was really such a confusing time in my life where I had met this man that I thought I was going to marry, but then it was right before I was supposed to move. And I was like, what is happening universe? What is up? Like, what, what is this supposed to teach me? What are we doing here? (laughs) Please inform me. I need to know the plan. (laughs) So I wrote that every morning along with some other things around fitness, around health, around wealth, around my family, around my friends, just like really getting clear on what I wanted my life to look like. So I did pass the law and ethics exam. And the irony is that the day that I passed that exam was the same day that I met this person that I thought I was going to marry. And so I was like, what's up universe? You have this thing that's guiding me. Like you're confirming, yes, California, you passed this exam. You're ready to go to California, but then you're bringing this person into my life in New York that is not coming with me to California. And so it was very, very confusing. It was a very tumultuous time in my life. And one where I really had to practice the art of being with the unknown, of trusting that I didn't know what was going to happen, but I had to just stay in the present. So why, whatever reason I was meant to meet this person the same exact day that I passed my law and ethics exam, now I have a, a feeling of why, because this person was meant to serve a really important purpose in my life. And, and they did. And now it's almost like that relationship helped serve me in getting to San Diego. So it was all part of the manifestation of the stream coming true. And then in terms of finding a one bedroom apartment, my friend, Julia, who owns the company Kindness Gems, you guys see me post them all the time. They're amazing. Go check them out. She FaceTimed me one day and she said, I'm about to go view this apartment for you. Let me know if you want it. So this was via FaceTime. I was not even in San Diego yet. I was in my grandparents' apartment on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And she FaceTimes me. I'll never forget this. And all I see is her walking up the street and there's this fence. And behind the fence is the ocean. And she's just showing me ocean, 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 ocean. She turns the corner. There's like this beautiful row of plants and trees and nature. And then she goes a little bit further. She opens the door. It is the cutest, brightest one bedroom apartment where you can literally hear the ocean and see the ocean from the bedroom window. And immediately I was like, fuck yes, I want that apartment. I don't even need to see it in person. I've seen enough let the landlady know I am in. And so I manifested this dream apartment on the ocean. It was literally, or like a driveway apart to the ocean. It was just amazing. It was so, so perfect for my first ever apartment in San Diego. And then eventually I did get clarity on my partner as well. So all of these things were happening. And so I was 
able to manifest by writing, by feeling, by doing all the things to a certain extent. But then when I started wanting to manifest things, fast forward, I'm now in my business a little over a year and a half into it. And when I start manifesting things for my business, I start noticing blocks. So I was like, okay, before it it worked, you know, I wrote down all these things. I felt them in my body. I focused on what I wanted and those things showed up passing the exam, you know, getting, uh, that was one of the other things I wrote, like getting a great first job in San Diego, which I did. I got a great first job in San Diego. Um, I also got a job working for kindness gems and helping Julie out with wholesale landed an incredible wholesale deal at one of my favorite stores here. So things were happening. The manifestation practices were working. I was turning into a really amazing manifester. I even had this picture that's behind me hanging up in my office in Long Island. And I would visualize being at the San Diego beach. And then my desktop screensaver on my computer was a picture of the San Diego ocean exactly the type of peer that I have in my town now. So I had this, I was viewing it every day, every day. And I was like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to make it there. And I did. So here I am thinking like, I'm a pretty badass manifester. I'm like, I've manifested a lot of cool things, but then what happened was I got to the certain level where I'm like, okay, I'm manifesting the things But then with my business, I started noticing a lot of blockages. So my mind would say one thing, like, I want this, but then my body would be feeling something completely different. And when we have unprocessed trauma, it can block us from feeling safe to receive things. So I knew wholeheartedly that I wanted to move to San Diego. It was scary moving away from my entire family, especially with an anxious attachment wound talk about fear of separation and abandonment, but I did it. And I was so clear on that, but there was something different about me fully feeling safe to receive what I wanted in my business. It was something that I was creating myself. It wasn't just like this destination of like, I just have to get on the plane and get there. And then I'm there and it happened. Right. And it's not like it was that simple. It came with a lot of emotional pain and a lot of time, energy, and money. It's not that moving was simple. It was that creating something for my business was just like a different beast. It was a new, as my coach says, new level, new devil. So this was a new level of manifestation where my trauma and my anxious attachment was really showing up in a new way that it hadn't before. So this is where trauma gets sneaky because you look at these two scenarios and you're like, okay, but you had anxious attachment and you moved away from your whole family. But then when you're trying to manifest things in your business, like filling a group or hosting a retreat or attracting, you know, aligned one-on-one clients or whatever that is, that doesn't seem to be as obvious with the anxious attachment as moving across the country from my entire life. Right. So that's more obvious in your face. Like, Oh, that makes sense. It would trigger anxious attachment. And it did, it did trigger my anxious attachment, 
manifesting things in my business triggered the anxious attachment in a very sneaky way where I didn't realize what was happening. So I'm going to share with you kind of the cycle that I would go in and how I realized later on what was actually happening. So the cycle that I would get in, in my business is I would get really clear on what I want. So I write down a lot of my dream schedule, my dream amount of clients, my dream rates. Like I, I do the same practices of writing it down, feeling it in my body, holding the vision. But the difference is that with something like me moving to California, it was me, it was me being in control. Essentially. It was me deciding, Oh, I can book this flight and get on the plane and get there. It was me being in the driver's seat with my business and creating these groups, there was so much fear, very subtle fear around this release of control because what's in my power and in my control is that I can create offerings, but what's out of my control and out of my power is, are people going to show up for them? And what I realized is that this triggers such a deep wound for little me of people not showing up, fear of, you know, people showing up for me. And so then what happens is I launch an offer. I have this clarity around what I want, the vision for it, my why, my intention behind it. And then I'm in the unknown. I can't just hop on a flight and get to the destination right away. I have to sit in the airport for a while and wait. I love how I said airport and there's a plane flying over. (laughs) So imagine the analogy of the airport is like sitting in the void of the unknown. I can't just say, okay, I'm going to hop on this flight. I'm going to go to the front desk and book this flight. I have to sit in the unknown and hold the faith that people are going to want to jump in these containers. And when you're doing this for the first time, or even the second time, or even the third time, it's not that the fear necessarily goes away. It's that if you've done this more than once, and any entrepreneur can relate to this, you're able to remind yourself, oh, I've done this before. And yes, it was scary. And yes, you didn't know if anyone was going to want to sign up or join. And they did. And so if they did once, they can again. But each time it's like bringing up deeper and deeper layers of this abandonment wound. And it's being able to sit in the void of the unknown while connecting back to what's in my power, which is my why, my intention. Why do I want people to join this? Why do I want to do this type of group with someone? And the hard part is that you have no control over the how, the when, the who, you have no control over that. So someone can say, you know, I've had clients where they've said yes on a discovery call and then they weren't actually continuing. And so then it steady, shh, the dogs are barking. I mean, what's a podcast episode and a morning tea episode without the dogs barking? So I've had clients who say yes, and then they back out. And then, you know, it's like, again, it's, there's so much release and control that needs to be done 
in order to fully surrender to just believing and connecting back home to you and your vision. So the cycle I would get into is I would launch this offer. I would feel clear in my vision, my clear on my why. I would get so pumped about it. And then I would have to be in the unknown waiting period. I would wait, I would wait, I would wait, I would wait. And somewhere along that waiting period, the fear and the abandonment wound of will people show up for me started surfacing. But it was so sneaky that it wasn't obvious at first. And the way that I noticed it was that all of my addictive behaviors would come back. So I was in this frenetic, like sympathetic nervous system state where I was scrolling more on my phone. I was mindlessly snacking. I was just in go, go, go mode. I was avoiding myself because it felt like if I'd slowed down, I wouldn't be safe. And then you take that fear. (laughs) It's this perfect cocktail because then you have so many people on Instagram bombarding you with their way, right? Oh, you're struggling to get clients. Here's a way. Oh, here's another way. Here's a better way. Here's the way. Here's the best way ever. And so then your brain is getting hit by all this dopamine of like, oh my God, I can do this guy's program and he's going to help me have a flood of clients to my door. (laughs) And it got to the point where my inner child wanted external saving so badly and sitting with this unknown and the fear that it was bringing up for me that my coach and I agreed that I was going to mute the stories of like 99% of the business coaches that I followed because I was getting sucked into it. I was like, oh, if I join this person's program, they're going to save me. If I join this person's program, they're going to help me with this. And I wasn't coming back to myself and my why and my power and my belief and my faith and my ability to sit in the void of the unknown which as my mentor says, makes you the most powerful person in the world. And it's fucking terrifying, especially when money is intimately related to our survival. So this isn't the same as a nine to five where I'm getting a paycheck, no matter what clients are showing up for session this week. This is, oh, if no one signs up for my groups, I may not be able to pay my bills this month. Right. So fear sets in and you go into survival mode. And I am immediately aware of like, oh, I'm in survival mode right now when I notice these behaviors coming up. And I can tell myself and I can fool everyone else and be like, oh, yeah, I'm holding my vision. But you can't fully hold the vision and be in the unknown if you are in survival mode. Because if you're in survival mode, Your body is going to be just focused on surviving. And so that's why it shows up of like not being able to get still running around and jumping. Like I would go on my phone and jump from Slack to Voxer to Instagram to checking emails to, you know, sky down. And I would just go back and forth between all these apps And I was like, what is going on? Why can't I just get still with myself? And so basically the cycle, the point in the cycle where I could choose external saving, I could choose this impulsive investment of like, oh, I'm just going to spend all this money and go into debt for it so that I can get saved and this person can show me the way. 
as soon as I do that, the cycle continues because I haven't learned the lesson yet. The universe wanted me to learn the lesson of noticing that urge, the external saving. And instead of choosing that option, coming home to myself, not acting on the impulsivity, because when you're in fear, when you're in survival mode, you can get impulsive. And this has happened with me before where I'm like, okay, I'll just buy this course or I'll just learn this thing. And I get all frenetic in my body. And so as soon as I'm able to release that urge for external saving and come home to myself and just be with the fear and process the fear and allow it to move through me and come back to safety and show my body, I do not need to be in survival mode. Worst case scenario, no one signs up for this group and I can't pay my bills. I have, luckily I have, and not everyone has this. So I'm very, very grateful and lucky for this. I do have people I could call where they would help support me. I do have a plethora of credit cards that support me. I do have a lot of family and, you know, I just have support. I have a lot of support and that is something that I don't ever take for granted. But when I'm in survival mode, sometimes my body forgets that. And I have to literally walk through, okay, worst case scenario, this happens. I'm not going to be on the streets. I'm still going to have a home and a bed to sleep in and I will figure it out. And so when you're able to get back into the safety in the present moment, that's when you're able to feel safe to receive. So an example from this week is that I was not feeling well, I needed to rest. And instead of resting, I was running around frantically in survival mode, trying to figure out how am I gonna fill this group or how am I gonna make money or how am I gonna pay my bills this month? And I was full on in survival mode. And I realized I need to give myself rest. And if I take a nap, nothing's gonna change in an hour. I am safe to just rest. So this was this past weekend, I allowed myself a day of just rest. And as soon as I woke up from my nap, like literally you can't make up the timing. I took a nap. And as soon as I woke up from my nap, I got a message from this girl that I had met in the sauna. You guys may have may not heard this already. There was a girl at the sauna in my gym where she was crying and I offered to do some breathing with her and we connected and it was just this kismet, beautiful connection that happened. And it's not like I went into that expecting anything to come of it, but something did come up, come of it. She was struggling with anxious attachment. I told her I have a group for anxious attachment. We hopped on a call. It went so beautifully. And as soon as I woke up from that nap, that is the moment I received the message from her saying that she wanted to join my group. I mean, you can't make up that timing. It's like the universe rewarded me for getting out of survival mode, bringing myself back to safety, coming home to myself, giving myself what I needed, which was rest. And then it rewarded me for that. The same thing happened the other morning. I set the intention of, I'm not going to have my phone out this morning. Instead of waking up and grabbing my phone, I'm going to wake up, put my hands on my body, breathe, and I'm going to take time for myself. I did my power hour. I did my juicing. I did some journaling. I did an abundance chant. And literally right after I finished the abundance chant, because I wasn't on my phone, because I was connecting to me and my why and my intention, I looked at my phone and 
I had gotten a Stripe notification that one of my clients had paid. So it was constant confirmation from the universe that when I'm able to give myself what my body needs and to lean back into my why, why am I doing this? It's not just to make money. If I wanted to make money, I could still be working in the therapy world. I could still, I could be walking dogs. I could be working in a restaurant. I could be doing a million other things for money. It's not about money. It's why am I choosing this route? Why am I choosing this business? Why am I choosing this way of supporting myself and earning money? It's not about the money. It's about I'm choosing this way because I have a big mission and purpose on this earth to help people heal their anxious attachment because I know firsthand how severely anxious attachment can impact your life. I just got off a call with someone who is joining my group and she was describing this feeling of like, when I'm in a relationship, I just feel so crazy. And when I'm single, I feel so secure. And I said, I used to feel the same way. And I almost teared up listening to her because it's so real when you don't understand what's happening in your own body. And you're like, why am I getting so triggered? Why am I getting so activated? When my mind tells me that I know that I don't need to be acting this way, it's because there's a terrified little inner child inside of you that you're not even aware of. I wasn't aware of it for years and she was running the show. She was running every move and behavior in my relationships and my relationships suffered. And I put my partners through a lot of turmoil because I was expecting them to be my safety when it wasn't their responsibility to. And so that is my why that is my intention, because I know how many women out there are suffering from their anxious attachment wounds, just the way that I have just the way that my anxious attachment wound showed up in my business. Anxious attachment shows up everywhere. Our attachment wounds are literally the blueprint for how our nervous systems function for how we relate to everything. So it was showing up in my business with having to release control and me trying to control being like, okay, this person's going to join and this person's going to join and I can see who's going to join. And so it can feel safe. And it's like, no, I have no control over that. And when I notice myself grasping on or attaching on to the idea of this person joining or this, I have to bring myself back and say, you are safe to release control. What is coming up for me right now? And just spending some time with that. And when we're able to tend to ourselves and tend to little us and tend to the activated anxious attachment wound that's getting triggered, that is when the abundance shows up. That's when the manifestation actually comes to the physical realm. And this has happened so many times with me that as soon as I process the fear and sit with it and connect back home to me and reconnect back to me, that is when movement starts happening. That same day that I got confirmation from the sauna girl. And then the day after when I was really focusing on myself and I started writing my book and I started doing things that just made me feel really connected to my mission. I had like three people sign up for my anxious attachment freebie. I had another client pay in full for three months unexpectedly, like things started happening. And my manifestation started happening. And now I look at my schedule where I had manifested doing these four groups and reshifting my whole schedule so that I can really focus on creating 
things that light up my soul, like writing my book and doing this course that I started and it's allowing my business to work for me rather than feeling like it's running me. And now I'm seeing these manifestations come true and I still don't know all the things. I still have spots left that haven't been filled. I still have a lot of unknowns to sit with. And if you are an entrepreneur and you do not feel safe to sit with the unknown, your business is not going to be able to expand in the ways that you want it to. So we first have to tend to that little inner child that is feeling so scared to be in the unknown because the unknown feels so incredibly unsafe for her. And being able to sit with that, tend to that inner child and relate differently. So if relating the same way before would have looked like I'm going to just frenetically run around and DM everyone and be able to announce from the rooftops about this group and blah, 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 like go, 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 go mode. And that leads me to feeling defeated, exhausted, burnt out, fear, rather than avoiding myself. I can come home to myself and sit with myself and be like, okay, why am I avoiding myself? What am I actually afraid of? Let me just sit with the fear. Where do I notice it in my body? What does the fear have to say? What is little me needing right now to feel safe? She's afraid that people won't show up for her. So can I tend to her and show her that I'm here with her and that she is safe to be with the unknown and that the right people will always show up for her, but that she doesn't need them to show up to feel safe, that she just needs me to be with her. And then reconnecting back to the why. Why are you even doing what you're doing? Why do I want to do this? Why would it be selfish of me not to do this because of fear? Because people out there need this work. People out there need my gifts and my wisdom and my healing magic. Just like if my mentor had never showed up because of fear, my life would be completely different right now. Just like if I let the fear stop me from showing up, then the groups that I've run in the past and seeing the transformations that took place, those would have never happened. So we can feel the fear and do it anyway, but we have to first feel it to heal it. We cannot allow the fear to run and drive our behavior subconsciously because that is not adult you. Adult you is able to be with the fear. Adult you is able to be with the fear while also holding the vision and connecting back to the intention behind the thing rather than just going through the motions of like, oh, I need to launch because that's what we do in business. No, like, why are you doing this? And if you're an entrepreneur, like take a moment and get radically honest with yourself. Why? What is your why? Who would be affected if you chose not to do this thing that you are creating? So really coming home to your why, really come home, come home to your body, really come home to your inner child and what she's needing. And this is how we break the cycles. We do something that feels scary. We're in the unknown. We notice the urge for external saving. Maybe we used to relate that way. Now to relate differently, we say no, and we refocus, shut out the noise, do whatever you need to do. For me, that was like, muting people on Instagram. So I didn't get sucked in maybe for you. That's like having really strong phone boundaries or not listening or asking a million people for their opinions, but like coming home to you. 
I had a client tell me yesterday that normally something she would show me with a client project, she didn't show me because she wanted to really stay connected to her why, to her vision. And she didn't want anything messing that up. And I said, I'm so proud of you for trusting you and doing what you needed to do and choosing authenticity over attachment, because there's nothing more important than staying connected to you and your vision and your why. There's so much noise in the world that tries to distract us and suck us in. And then we get so distracted and then we run around avoiding ourselves. And then we're wondering why things aren't manifesting. But if we're able to get out of that survival mode and show our bodies, it is safe to slow down and be with the unknown and have patience and trust the process of it. That's when things start happening. So trauma-informed manifestation is you can feel the feels, you can write out your vision, you can hold the vision, you can do all these things, but you also have to be with the fear and the emotions and the trauma that is stored in your body that comes up because that could very well be blocking you from actually creating your vision, creating the manifestation that you want to create. And as we are creating bigger and bigger and more scary things, there's going to be more fear that comes up. And that's part of the human experience. The fear being there doesn't mean that anything's wrong. It just means that it's scary and that's okay. It's okay that it's scary. It doesn't have to mean anything. So I want you to take a moment to reflect, what are you manifesting in your life right now? Whether it's something in your business or a higher, you know, salary at your job or a partner and getting clear on why so many of us are like, Oh, I am manifesting a partner, but why? Because you're seeking external saving because you don't feel safe to be alone because your anxious attachment is activated. That's not a good. Why that's external saving. That's not actually a grounded connected. Why just like if I said, Oh, I'm manifesting the perfect, you know, business coach to tell me how to, you know, figure out how to get all these clients lining up at my doors. That's not a good why that's external saving. That's not a grounded, authentic why that's a trauma response. Why? So noticing what is your actual why that comes from your most grounded, calm, authentic place. Remember your gut will always feel calm. Trauma will always feel frenetic. So when you get still and you take a breath in and you connect to your gut, What is the calm why that comes out? Why are you doing what you're doing? And why do you want that? It's a very different energy of, oh, I'm manifesting a partner because I'm lonely and can't be with myself versus I'm manifesting a partner because I've done the work to really heal my attachment wounding. And I'm really ready to just share my life with someone because that would be an added bonus. It's not a need. It's a desire. That's the difference. When you are relating to something outside of yourself through need that's coming from your inner child. And it's an invitation for you to practice meeting your own needs. That doesn't mean that we don't need co-regulation or support in that we absolutely do, but that's having intentional support that we invest in is very different than external saving versus a desire. I desire this partner because they would add to my life. That's why I hate the expression, finding my other half. I am whole all on my own. And if I find a partner, that is because they are adding to that whole. They are not completing it. I literally wrote about that in my sister's maid of honor speech, which I think I was talking too much about holes and it ended up sounding weird, but like, you get what I mean. (laughs) 
I was like, she's a hole and he's a hole and they both are just complimenting each other's holes. <laughs> My family was like, what the fuck are you saying? But you know, if you know, you know, you, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't want to find someone to complete you. You want to be complete on your own. And this is very in line with Valentine's day being yesterday is we want to really deepen our connection with ourself and our self-love and loving ourselves is not always enough. It's honoring ourselves, attuning to ourselves, tending to the attachment wound that is running our lives. So I want you to take a moment to reflect on what are you manifesting? Why are you manifesting it? And what could potentially be getting in the way? Is there little you that's feeling fear? What is she needing right now? Can you tend to her? I just say her because I identify as female, but if you're listening to this, whatever pronoun you use, can you connect with them? And then can you take the aligned inspired action? It drives me fucking bananas when I see people in the spiritual community that are bypassing. This is a very activating one for me is like seeing people spiritually bypass because I'm like, you're not doing the fucking work. But when they're bypassing and they're just sitting there and being like, okay, I'm manifesting all the things, but like, do your part. It's called co-creation for a reason. (laughs) So the universe is doing their part. You have to do your part. So, because if not, it becomes a sneaky form of external saving. Oh, I'm just going to sit here and manifest and the universe will take care of it. But like, what are you doing for you? How are you committing to you? How are you choosing you? So it's you doing your part. And the universe rewarding that. Remember, you move first, the universe responds. It's not the other way around. So you move first, you take the inspired action, and then the universe meets you there. But first, there may be some clearing to do, and that's okay. So if you have not tended to your trauma or your inner child, and you're wondering why these manifestations are not happening, you may not feel safe to actually receive them. And in order to feel safe, you have to actually process the pain in your body That is registering as a threat and making your body feel unsafe. So take a moment, just notice how that lands for you. Does that resonate? Does it bring anything up for you? And what are you needing to create a little bit more of that safety today so that you can actually feel safe to manifest your dreams? Because your brain could be telling you one thing like, oh, I want to win the lottery. I want to be a millionaire. But what happens if you actually won the lottery today? Would your nervous system feel safe to receive that? Maybe not. If there's unprocessed trauma in there, probably not. So we have to do the work of processing to feel safe. And again, like based on, you know, my manifestation experiences before doing this work, I was still able to manifest some stuff, but that's what I felt safe enough to receive but it didn't mean that I was actually feeling how I wanted to feel. I manifested the apartment and the job and all the things in San Diego. But when I got here, my first year here, I was a fucking mess. My anxious attachment was so activated from the breakup that I had gone through and leaving my partner in New York that I was madly in love with that I almost moved back for him. That was a hundred percent my anxious attachment. So just because the thing may be showing up doesn't mean that you're actually feeling how you want to be feeling. So remember, it's both. It's, I want to be able to manifest this and I want to be able to feel grounded and safe in receiving it. I did not feel grounded and safe in receiving my manifestations before doing this work. I manifested them, but then I was a fucking anxious mess. And I almost sacrificed the whole part of getting here for another person because my abandonment wound was so strong, even though I was technically the one doing the abandoning. (laughs) 
So it's about how can I manifest what I want to manifest and feel how I want to feel when I actually achieve that thing or when that thing comes into fruition. All right, my loves, I think it's time to wrap up. I hope this was helpful. If you are looking for support in processing your pain, there are still some spots left in my group, Come Home to Yourself, where we process your activated anxious attachment wound and fear of abandonment and allow you to feel safe to receive and create your dream life, a life beyond your wildest dreams. I mean, my life now is literally beyond my wildest dreams. I couldn't have, I didn't, I had no idea that I was going to be a business owner. I had no idea. My, my idea that my only business idea was that I was going to have a private practice, but I was like, that still doesn't feel good enough for it. It just doesn't feel aligned enough. Something about it felt like I would be settling. So that could have been portrayed as my dream life, but because I actually did the work to heal and feel safe to create my, my life it ended up being better than I could have imagined. This business that I have now is literally beyond my comprehension. And so it's not just about creating a life where you're regulating and you feel okay enough. It's about feeling better than you thought you ever could because you were so innately worthy of that. And don't you forget it. All right, guys, have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining um, and tune in for the next morning tea every Wednesday, 1030 a.m. Pacific. And my DMs are always open if you want to come say hello on Instagram. That is where I hang out most of the time. I tried the whole TikTok thing. I don't know about that one. It's going to be it's going to be a long road for me with that. So Instagram's the way to find me. <laughs> I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Always take time to come home to yourself and to feel it, to heal it. Love you all so, so much.